now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers, boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow, right here on Truckers Radio USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the Terriers. Doing what we do again. Uh-huh. We're just driving up and down the road in Rosie, just looking for songs, laying around in the ditches and stuff. Yep. So far, it's been a good week. You know, people are pretty irresponsible with their music. They just leave it laying around. They leave it laying around, which is okay, because then we can pick it, it up. It works out for us. It works out for yeah, us. Yeah, we just dust it off. And yeah. Go, oh, looky here. Yeah. Yeah, good song. Well, uh, people ask us, they say, uh is exactly what is Americana music? Well, and that's a fair question. Yeah, you know, like we're some <laughs> yeah. kind of experts. We're not experts. Well, we have, uh, we, we have a definition, which is probably more like just an opinion. And kind of like an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. And it is... It's music with distinctive, distinctive American, American roots. roots. And that's a wide open palette right there. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it could it could be just about you know, it isn't just that fiddle and banjo stuff. Oh no, it's not you know, that. It, no. it's not that. It could be it could be uh western. It could be rockabilly. It could be funk. It could be rumba. You know what? It could be rock and roll. It could be cocktail music. Uh, it could be slack key. It could be Cajun music. It could be Motown. <laughs> it could be barbershop. It could be. And you know what else it could be? It could be Boogaloo. Boogaloo. And it has been. We do love Boogaloo. We do love Boogaloo. Yep. Well, the format of the show is that we uh, uh, each show up every week with a virtual fistful of tunes that we have not yet disclosed to the other guy. That's the only rule. And uh, we parse them out one at a time. And we take turns starting the show. And since it's an odd-numbered show... Oddly, uh, you get to start, Leo. I, got the, I don't know exactly how we got to that point, but boy, I did end up being the odd guy out there. Yeah, so that's how it is. I'm going to play Linda Ronstadt. Are you really? I am, man. I, I'm, you know, any guy that grew up during the time that I was growing up was either madly in love with Linda Ronstadt or dead. Basically, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, somewhere, uh-huh. but, but I mean, she was an incredible talent. But you know, I listened to her most of my life, and and her music kind of, you know, began to evolve. She had kind of an interesting. Uh, she was born in 1956. I mean, 46 in uh, Tucson, Arizona, but she had a really interesting background. I mean, her her uh, grandfather was actually a German immigrant that immigrated through Mexico. Before arriving in the United States. Oh, interesting. And that that's what accounts to a lot of uh, that, you know, that influence uh-huh. of all that. And she's uh, she was multilingual. She sang in several different languages. But her most famous song was actually written by Michael Nesmith. Wow, he, he wrote such a ton of good tunes. He wrote a ton of good tunes. And this is one that he wrote before the monkeys even happened, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's uh, it's it's called Different Drum. Okay, and and Nesmith originally wrote it for another band he was in, and it was supposed to be kind of a guy ballad, you know, that uh, that whole thing about oh I love you, but you know I've got to move on kind of thing. Oh yeah. Well, the way she did it, 
you know, it, taken from a feminist standpoint, right? Sure. It has been described as uh, the first It's Not You, It's Me breakup song. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But she wasn't prepared for that when she walked into the studio. She had a whole other thing in mind, and the producer had a band waiting for her with the harpsichord and everything going on, and they did the song twice, and that's the second take is the one that's on the record. Oh, wow. So let's just give and listen. This is Linda Ronstadt from 1967, Different Drum. funny she never liked that song oh really yeah it was her most famous song ever yeah and she just said now they kind of sprung it on me and i was i never liked it so <laughs> i love it okay well you know uh, just give up the two that's there, it, uh, that's Linda, it. I mean, really. give it up girlfriend yeah. all right roger we're, we're started now it's your turn okay um we're gonna feature a tune by uh, a woman by the name of clara ann fowler um, you um, should recognize that name, but you're not going to. Clara Ann Fowler. Uh huh. Um, you featured her on episode 81. Uh, she was professionally known as Patty Page. Patty Page. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right? All right. Yeah. Bring it on. Okay. So uh, if people want to get more history on it, they can go back to episode 81 and check that out. You know, just suffice it to say the top charting female vocalist and best selling female artist of the 50s yeah selling over 100 million records during a six decade long career 
She was often introduced as the singing rage, Miss Patty, Patty Page. Page. <laughs> so um, he, uh, uh, so, so uh, again, they can go find more history on her, but I'm going to talk about this song. All right. I was doing some research. As a matter of fact, we have a gig coming up um, and uh, with our pal Betsy. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I had looked up this tune, Old Cape Cod. Oh, man, I love that song. Yeah, you know, we we do it. We haven't done it for a while. Right. Uh, but I, So I wanted to look into the history of the tune. And it's really interesting. It was a song written by a woman. Her name was Claire Rothrock. And then um, uh, two other people participated, Milton Yakus and Alan Jeffrey. It was published in 1957. And uh, the single, as recorded by Patty Page, became a gold record, having sold more than a million copies. Cape Cod na- natives call it the unofficial Cape Cod a- a- anthem, if there ever was one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So uh, it, 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 the song's been credited with putting the Cape on the map and helping to establish Cape Cod as a major tourist destination. Wow. But listen to this. So the nucleus of the song was a poem written by Boston-area housewife Claire Rothrock, for whom Cape Cod was a vacation, you know, favorite vacation yeah, spot, uh-huh. right? And uh, it says, Old Cape Cod and its derivatives would be Rothrock's sole evident songwriting credit. Really? <laughs> Only tune. The, uh, does she ever participate? Never did anything else. Wow. So, But listen to this. She brought the poem to Ace Studios, which was a Boston recording studio owned by Milton Yakis. Okay, uh-huh, I right. said his name. And he adapted the poem into the... Uh, the poem into the song's lyrics. His associate, Alan Jeffrey, wrote the music, and a demo recording was made there at a studio. <laughs> Clara Rothrock brought the, the demo directly to Patty Page at a Boston nightclub where she was performing, and Patty Page just fell in love with it. So she recorded it during a day trip to New York City enabling her to return to Boston in time for that evening's nightclub performance. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> you know, and this big hit, and it was a, you know, she recorded it, you know, a couple takes, right? Yep. It was intended to be the B-side of her next single, Wondering, uh, and that uh, single was released by Mercury Records uh, in, on April 23, 1957. Both tracks debuted on the Billboard magazine charts for the week ending June 3rd in Old Cape Cod, quickly became the dominant track, peaking at number three on Billboard's Most Played Jockeys chart. Number eight on bestsellers, and, and number seven on the top 100 chart. So spent, you know, it, it's just a great tune. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out, because uh, there's this this duo thing, and, and it sounds like she's doubling herself. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I couldn't... Um, it sounds like it, I think, probably, but I couldn't... Well, uh, that's something uh, that was being done right during that time period. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've yeah, featured some other stuff like so, that. So, yeah. uh, sure sounds like her, but I, I, I couldn't figure yeah. that out. But anyway, I found it off of a, a collection called Patty Page Golden Hits from 1960. Patty Page doing Old Cape Cod. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty Quaint little villages here and there You're sure You're sure to fall in love with old Cape Cod Old Cape Cod That old Cape Cod If you like the taste of a lobster stew Served by a window with an ocean view, you're sure. 
Song too. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, our lead singer in uh, Three Trails West. Uh, yeah, Jim. Is, his daughter Melissa. Uh huh. When she was like fifteen or or less or less. Yeah. He used to come down to our campsite and sing that song. Yeah. That's that's a great tune. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Leo, well, I think it's back to you. Okay, listen, I'm this this band. These guys are brand new to me. Okay, I just kind of you know ran into them here. And uh, I, I don't know a whole lot about them yet, although I suspect that they are, their career was just really getting ready to launch out when COVID hit. Uh-huh. And they had to lay out for a while, okay. and then they, they came out. Now, the, the, you know how uh, sibling acts, you know, we appreciate sibling oh, harmony, yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and names, you know, there's the Doobie Brothers and there's all the – well, these guys are called the Brother Brothers. <laughs> that's what they that's what they call themselves man. it's Adam and David Moss they're identical twins uh from Brooklyn New York wow and I I heard them before I knew who they were I heard this this song they were singing I go wow that's pretty cool because it kind of reminded me of like Simon and Garfunkel and you know those kinds of harmonies and everything uh-huh so I I checked them out and uh these guys are just I think on the cusp of getting out there uh, they've gotten some great reviews about their lush harmonies and their warm acoustics. Uh, one of the brothers plays, uh, he finger picks the guitar. The other one plays the fiddle. Okay. And uh, they've done some stuff with uh, like Sarah Jarose, you know. Oh, man. So they're out working with the, the biggies. So l- let's just listen to these guys. I mean, I think it's, a, it's just a wonderful tune. And it's called On the Road Again, but it's not the song you're thinking about. Okay, let's Okay, hear it. give it a listen. I'll never stand up taller Could it be, could it be That nothing's gonna change 
when the muscles round my brain start to make me feel insane. I think it's time to get on I look over my body and the lines upon my face, and I think it's time to get on the road again. Oh my lord, oh my lord, I am the great denier. Oh my lord, oh my lord, is all my love in vain? Though I shouldn't think of sorrow when I'm standing in the rain. I think it's time to get on the road again. Oh my lord, oh my lord, believe me, I'm no liar. Oh my lord, oh my lord, there's no one else to blame. Like a deck of cards at a local bar, I've lost a couple faces, and I think it's time to get on the road again. On the road. Always got the sun over my head, and the moon ain't been nothing but a long, lonesome friend. When I think of all the miles behind the sky that's up ahead, I think it's time to get on the road again. That's nice stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, cool. Oh, hey, look at the time, Rod. Oh, uh, yes, we are out of time. We are definitely out of time. Um, hey, so, did you feed the cat? I was just wondering because... You know, I didn't let that cat in. So well, I, I somebody, feel bad about it now, but we got the cat. I know. Okay. So, uh, d- did you feed the cat? No. <laughs> Okay, so okay, oh. okay, so here's what's happening. Okay, here's what's uh, happening. Tomorrow's moving day. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay, is. so yeah. this is the part where um, we have to uh, go out, uh, police the area, police the area, right? And Check we the, have uh, to left rear inside duel. duel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an odd numbered show. Uh huh. So, uh, are we going to add like change the cat box? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but whoever has to check that left rear inside duel does not have to clean the cat box. Okay, I got you. Okay. okay. But now we so, got to find him. I, I know he's around here. We got we picked him up by accident. In I know. In, uh, we named him. Ardmore. Yeah. Well, yeah. We figured that was appropriate. That's, yeah, where he, okay. that's where he stowed away. All right. We'll find okay. the cat. So you suit up because you get to go check that left, left rear inside, inside duel. Yeah, I'll I pick do. up the trash, clean the cat box, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. Yeah, we're back. 
Yes, we are. The chores are done. Chores are done. Yep. As, as uh, distasteful as they might be. Well, yeah. Okay, you hate checking the tire. Uh, I hate changing the cat box. Let's Look, just say, okay? Okay, the ch- I, I have a feeling I'm going to hate it, too. But <laughs> It'll be your turn. Next week. Yes, it will. Okay. How was the tire? And the tire is okay. It's like okay. three pounds down. Okay. That's, That's not too bad. About, about the way it is. That's not the way it is. Well, good. Uh, well, thank you for all that, uh, all that uh, nonsense <laughs> that uh, nobody really needs to know. Uh, but we are broadcasting this week from the Shady Grove RV Park here in Eminence, it's Missouri. Eminence, we're not that far from home. No, we aren't, really. And, and we are in the, the beautiful Ozarks. Yes, you know? we are. There's all kinds of recreational things going on down here, man. Uh-huh. You know, the, uh, it's, it's located at the, um, along the Ozark National Scenic Riverways. Right, good place to be. It's a really beautiful place. It's uh-huh. got the uh, it's Missouri's largest national park wow. and the nation's first protected river system. So they got that going for them. Wow! But uh, one of the you know being bluegrass players as we are and everything, we're big big uh, fans with uh, the uh, Dillards, right? Oh yeah. Well, Mitch Jane from the Dillards is from right here in, in Eminence, Missouri. Oh, is that a fact? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> notable, notable people from you know yeah this little burg. But it's a very pleasant town. We've had a really good time here. Yeah. And nobody's been mean to us or anything yet. Not yet. They've still got one night. they got one night. <laughs> Where do you suppose I had to dump that cat box? I'm just, oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, well, uh, so uh, people ask us. They say, Darius, what, what do you guys think you're doing? Just you know, driving up and down the road. In that old RV. Yeah. And, you know, uh, staying at Shady Grove RV Parks. That's true. Now yeah. you have a cat. Now we have a cat. Uh, so, uh, but you know, you know, the thing is, unlike our um, uh, compatriots, yeah, yeah, compadres here right. on Truckers Radio USA, yes. who have these things called ranches, ranches yeah, you know, and, and you know, we whined. Actually, we did whine for a long time about the fact that we didn't have a ranch. That's correct. Till our pal Suzanne set us straight. She, she did. She said, "Look at it this way, guys. You've got." The entire continental United States, exactly, border to border, ocean to ocean, yes, and all over the place, everywhere. You just you didn't can, want me to say cheek to cheek, did I'm you? Glad, well, that's that's Ranger Doug's thing. Uh, oh, that's right, it is yeah. Ranger Doug. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, and and uh, you might say we have a ranch without, without fences. fences. That's yeah. correct. And we roam that range in our RV called Ramblin' Rose. Up and down the road we go. Yeah, she gets us. She gets there us every there. time. She does. You know, yeah. fill it with gas, top off the oil. Yep, fill up the tire. That's right. That's it. That's our job. That's our job. Yep. Okay, where were we, Raj? It's my turn. Okay. So uh, last time we were in town, um, we were down at the Real Grit Happy Hour in, in Kansas City. In Kansas City, yeah, yeah uh-huh. town. And uh, our pal Hank was there. Yeah. And he said, he said, uh, you know, he's got such great. Taste in music, and he's, he's turned also, us on to a lot of great way, stuff. He's a pretty good artist. Too. He is a good artist. A good artist. Uh, good musician. And and he said he said, uh, hey, there's a guy you got to look into. His name is Groovy Joe Poovy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said. I, I'll have to do some more research in it. Well, I couldn't wait. So I started looking into it. Uh, Arnold Joseph Poovey, who was born in 1941. Now, I, I didn't find a whole lot on the guy, but uh, it, it's kind of an interesting guy. Um, he uh, 
was an American rockabilly and country singer, songwriter, guitarist, radio DJ. His best-known record, which is the one we're going to listen to, was Ten Long Fingers, recorded in 1958. Okay. So he's born in Dallas, Texas, was encouraged to be an entertainer as a child. What were they thinking? Well, <laughs> uh, so he, uh, uh, in 1953, he formed a group called the Hillbilly Boys and started weekly broadcasts on radio station KRLD, soon followed by work as a disc jockey on the Big D Jamboree radio show. Wow. So uh, he uh, he's recorded some christmas theme songs uh, and and but in he opened a show for Elvis Presley in 1955. Man. So up to this time he was like a country guy, right? Yeah. He after opening the show for Elvis, he instantly changed his musical <laughs> style from traditional country music to rockabilly. Just like that. Man, he was a convert. <laughs> so uh, in 1957, he became Jumpin' Joe Poovy. Before that, he was called uh, something else. But anyway, and he recorded uh, some songs. And uh, and then the next year, 58, he recorded Ten Long Fingers, which was a tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. If you listen to the All song, right. you'll hear that in. Okay. He talks about everything. And uh, that's when he went from Jumpin' Joe Poovy to Groovy Joe Poovy. <laughs> <laughs> now later, the record was acclaimed as a classic rockabilly number, uh, but it was only locally successful at the time. So uh, you know, he kind of struggled. He returned to playing country music, worked as a songwriter, and some of his songs were recorded by George Jones and Johnny Paycheck. You know, wow. so he had yeah. some success there. In 1966, using the pseudonym Johnny Dallas, <laughs> he recorded this heart. Guy, this guy had an identity problem. <laughs> well, he's just trying to make a buck, I think. He recorded Heart Full of Love, which reached 62 on the Billboard Country chart, but he didn't have much follow-up. So, uh, um, it, But later in the, the 80s, his earlier records became recognized by rockabilly fans in Europe. And so he started recording again <laughs> as Texas Texas Joe Poovy. <laughs> he, <he's, laughs> but so he, he recorded some singles, but at the same time he was working as a chauffeur on the film set for the Dallas oh, TV series. Man. He kept his day job. So let's just get into this. Hey, thank this was a Hank, this was a great trip. Joe Poovy doing ten long fingers from nineteen fifty-eight. <laughs> Deep down in Texas in a little border town Is a guy that plays the coolest piano around Everybody falls in about a 12 o'clock And they all of the job and the job is to rock Rip a rap a rip a rap a ripping up the keys, pounding ten long fingers on the 88. Just like Johnny B. Good, his name is up in the lights, pounding up the dance on a Saturday night. You don't use so much of music, just a bass and guitar. But people's coming from near and far. When he plays, make me weak underneath, pounding ten long fingers on the 88. Mr. Cherry, he ain't got a thing on his boy Cause when he plays, he really splits joy He don't dig the music like they play in a choir He gets his kicker saying, great balls of fire Kicks the stool back and he gets up on his feet Playing rock and roll music 
girls, he got a long up nose. The gals don't care, they dig the way he shows. Ripper, rapper, ripper, rapper, ripping up the keys. A pounding ten long fingers on the 88 key. This kick a singing great balls of fire. Kicks a stool back and he gets up on his feet of playing rock and roll music with that crazy beat. No long blonde girl, they got a long up nose. The gals don't care, they dig the way that he shows. Rip a rapper, rip a rapper, ripping up the keys, a pounding ten long fingers on the 88. Jerry Lee Lewis wannabe, right there. Right there, man. He's all over it. <laughs> it's good, though. Oh, man, that's really cool. Well, thanks, Hank. That was a great tip. What a fun uh, rabbit hole that was to tumble down. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, Leo. Well, let's see what you have. Well, I got a little history here, and it's, it's important history because it has to do with uh, club music, right? Okay. Dance music, okay? Now, the, back in the 60s, uh, the gay nightclubs in New York were kind of popping up, but the cops didn't want it. And they were raiding these clubs constantly. And in, uh, in 1969, at the Stonewall Inn in New York, they fought back. Yeah. The cops came in and busted yep. up, and, they, and there was a riot. Yep. Okay? Yep. And so the, what came out of this was um, the city had to kind of adjust, you know, to, okay, well, we're going to have to figure out how to accommodate this. In the meantime, the clubs were trying to figure out how to deal with it, too. So as what they did was they figured out they could charge a membership fee, right, and and do invitation only, and that would make it get easier to get their liquor license. Okay. And they got around it. They turned them all into private clubs. Interesting. Yeah, that's how they got around it. So uh, eventually they started to prosper. Here's the deal, though. The entertainment um, was too expensive, too, hire, uh, too expensive to hire a band. To play all that. Okay. Jukeboxes weren't going to work because, you know, there was a little pause between, and that wasn't going to sure. keep the energy going. So what happened was they, they had these club DJs coming in, starting all of a sudden two turntables, right? Just like on radio. Just like on radio. Uh-huh. But now they've got this identical copy of the song I'm getting ready to play. Okay. So this song is called, uh, it's called Rock the Boat, and it's by a band called the Hughes Corporation. Now, the guy that started this band, was he just hated rich people, and he wanted to call it the children of Howard Hughes. <laughs> and somebody said, you know, you're going to get sued if you do that. So he said, well, I don't have enough money to get sued for. So he changed it to H-U-E-S, the Hughes Corporation, and they had this song called Rock the Boat. Well, the song's kind of cool in the first place for the fact that it's got a, the, the first line of the song is a question. I'd like to know where you got the notion. Right. Okay. That's kind of novel. Uh-huh. And then it just turned out this song happened to be first time when when the record company, I think it was RCA, got wind of the fact that they they were doing these two turntable things. They went back in and remixed the thing. 
and did the first ever club mix, dance mix for a song. Interesting. In a club. Wow. So that's where it all started is right there. Wow. And it's a really cool line. And so the song who is kind of been just like mumbling along, you know, and the starts all of a shot shot to number one. Wow. And it was one of the biggest selling albums uh, for that for that band at that time. So let's just give this a little history right here. This is the Hughes yeah. Corporation. And it's called Rock the Boat. So I'd like to know where you got the notion. Said I'd like to know where you got the notion. Rock the boat. I don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat. I don't tip the boat over. Rock the boat. I don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat. Ever since our voyage of land began. Your touch has thrilled me like the rush of the wind And your arms have held me safe from a rolling sea There's always been a quiet place to harbor you and me Our love is like a ship on the ocean We've been sailing with a cargo full of love and devotion So I'd like to know And I've always had your tender lips to keep me warm Oh, I need to have the strip that flows from you Don't let me drift away, my dear, when love can see me through Our love is like a ship on the ocean We've been sailing with a cargo full of love and devotion I'll tell you, that's still a good dance, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's interesting. That's a good interesting story behind it, Leo. A little, little backstory there. Yeah. All right, Roger, it's back to you. Okay. Well, um, I went down another interesting rabbit hole. Now, uh, we use Pro Tools you know, yes, to we do, do the yeah. show, right? Yep. And so uh, uh, I, I subscribe to their Facebook page. So they post different things. A lot of it's real technical, and I don't look at it. But they posted this video that... <laughs> It just drew me in. And it's of a guy playing a photo player. Okay? He's playing a photo player? Photo player. F-O-T-O. P- 
player. Okay. okay? Uh-huh. Um, and I think they had his name. That's how I finally tracked it down. Okay. So uh, I'm going to talk about the machine first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's It resembles a player piano, but with two roles for changing music for different scenes an assortment of pull cords, levers, buttons, and stops connected to a side cabinet containing organ pipes, percussion, brass, sound effects, and literally bells and whistles. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. So it's, uh, I, I, I thought initially that maybe it was a predecessor to the Mighty Wurlitzer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. But they really were both, uh, they both came out about the same time. You're kidding. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think maybe this was for smaller venues, but it's it's uh, it's interesting because the uh, the Wurlitzer is is basically pretty much controlled with stops and yeah, and, right. and uh, levers and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This thing, there's there's chains that you pull on and there's <laughs> things you do with your feet and there's uh, buttons you push to bang the drums wow. and, and do cymbals. It's a very physical thing. Okay. Okay. And and I'm going to post a video of this guy. Uh, oh, you found a it. video of a guy? Uh, well, that's where I found it. It was oh, on YouTube, right? Oh, oh, oh okay. So uh, I'll talk a little bit about it. Right. So the pianist usually lets the roles play the music while he selects the instrument stops and creates the sound effects. He's watching the film, of course, all at the same time. Now, approximately 8,000 to 10,000 photo players were produced during the boom era of silent films. Wow. So this was between 1910 and 1928. Um, so um, the Wurlitzer, let's see, uh, was introduced in, the late 19, in late 1910, okay? And yeah. became Wurlitzer's most famous product. So, again... They were in the same era, actually. Mm-hmm. I thought this was maybe a predecessor. So anyway, um, so you know, and it 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 uh, uh, went the same way as the Wurlitzer with the decline of silent right. films and all the that. And but there, yeah. there's few machines still left. I mean, there were eight to ten thousand of them only made, right? Right. So uh, so the guy's name is um, Joe. Renato, R-A-N-A-U-D-O, Joe Renato. And apparently he's like the uh, professor for these things. Uh-huh. And I, so I found a thing on him. Uh, he, said, he said, my interest in old films began in the 1950s on black and white television when most of the stations would show silent cartoons and comedies. Okay? Yeah. So um, it, what happened was his father filmed everything on, on, his, on an 8mm camera, and then on Saturdays they'd have family movie night. Okay. Well, so one night... He took and he he uh, he before they played the movie. He said, "Well, this is uh, this is one of, an old home movie of our family from the 1920s." And in the middle of it, he put some Buster Keaton stuff in it. <laughs> oh man! And 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 he's like, "Wait a minute, I I can actually buy one of these movies." So he saved up his money and he bought uh, his first. Eight millimeter film from Sears and Roebuck for ninety nine cents, <laughs> and then he would show it to kids in the neighborhood for five cents and make enough to go buy another one. Right? <laughs> I mean, this guy. Oh, I I'd love it. to meet this guy. I love it. And so, uh, so he uh, he acquired his first American photo player style twenty when he was twenty one years old. Spent the next three years restoring it to brand new condition, and it, it takes up in his entire living room. I guess they're incredibly loud. <laughs> 
So it's so cool that I, I'm going to post the video on our website. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. he kind of talks about it ahead as he's loading the reels and all this stuff. And you're going to recognize this song. You're not going to recognize the name of it. Uh-huh. But this is Joe Renato uh, on the photo player playing Entry of the Gladiators. <laughs> Love to meet that guy. He's a cool, dude. We we gotta, we gotta stop and, and watch that video. Oh, we will. I, I gotta see that. Okay. All right. Hey, you know we're out of time for this segment. Boy, we really are. Yeah, we really are. So uh, uh, we'll get out of here for a few uh, minutes, and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, this is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. Okay, we're backing up. Yeah, that's what we do. Well, it's kind of what our. That's our thing. thing is, yeah. yeah we, just, we back up. We back up. Yeah. Yep. That's what we're doing. 
Yeah, well, this is the part of the show where we, uh, you know, we don't mess around. We just say, uh, we beg. We beg, yeah. Be- beg people, go to our websites, would you? Come on. Take how, a few minutes. How tough is it? Yeah. yeah you know, go on. check it out. We work real hard on it. We put a lot of stuff on there. I just put that, uh, that video that of video? Joe Renato playing I, Injury of the Gladiators. I, that is something to see. I am going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, well, of course, the one for this show is thederrieres.com. The and please. We implore you. Implore you. The, the the is a small word that means a lot. Oh, don't forget it. If you if you forget it, you'll never forget it. You never forget it. it. It's again. not on us. Yeah. It's, but yeah. the Darius.com. That's yeah. correct. And of course the one for the band is Well, that's three trailswest.com with mm-hmm. the number three on the front of it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So you can find uh stickers and t shirts, cool new t shirts. All uh, kinds of stuff. All of our stuff it's where we're playing all that. Absolutely. You know, if you go to either of our websites, uh, you'll find a lot of Content. content, yes, you will. And if you watch it, we're pretty sure you'll be contented. contented. But there's so much of it that there you is. could become confused. confused, in which case you should just contact, contact us. us. Yes, and we'll get that all straightened out for yeah. you. Yeah, there's contact us tabs on both websites. and uh, Or you can just get right to us with our email addresses. Mine is Roger, no D, at thederrieres.com. And mine is Leo, also no D, mm-hmm. at thederrieres.com. Yeah. So, hey, you know, uh, the other thing you can do is if you go to thederrieres.com, go to the Americana Roadshow tab. Right. And from there, you can listen to or download and listen to any of our past episodes. Of which uh, this at, is 127. This is 127. Right yeah, yeah. You'll get uh, up to 126 right now there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, you can listen to them at your leisure, preferably in a leisure suit. In a leisure, oh, we want to see that. Yeah, so we want to see that. take a picture. That. Yeah, if you do that. And send it to we us. We definitely, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, you know what else? Uh, what else? You can also find uh, our episodes on uh, lots of other places, uh, including Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Yes, I like Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, and you can find it on Stitcher. Spotify and, and TuneIn. Oh, there's always Spotify, and, and it's on Amazon and Music. I have a bookmarked as a Spotify, and uh, also on iHeartRadio. <laughs> so there's no excuse. No as our excuse. good buddy Mike Carr says, "Go, Go nowhere without, without the Darriers." Yeah, thank you, Mike. Well, Leo, uh, it's back to you. I am going to dig back into our personal history just a little bit. Oh, my. Back in 1993, uh, we did something different. We put on... Um, you can't prove that. Okay, that's right. We were absolved. <laughs> no, we, we put on a bluegrass festival in a bar uh, down by uh, Westport in Kansas City. Oh, uh, yeah, we did. And we called it the Boulevard Bluegrass Revival. Yeah, sure enough. And we did the whole thing with local talent. Uh-huh. We didn't hire a headliner at all. Right. But we asked our friends to come up and play, and they, they all did. We did three days of, of playing and had a great time. Yep, it was super. And we made an album. Uh-huh. That's right. We we made a that we released on CD mm-hmm. and it, it all I, it still stands up pretty well, I think. It does. Yeah, it's nice. So I threw it in the player the other day and I was listening and I heard us do the old the spontaneous combustion rendition of uh, Midnight Confessions. Oh yeah. The the grassroots thing. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 thing you got to hear when you when you listen to this, this was recorded live. Now it's got some bloopers in it, you know. Of course. The live performance. But I just like the sound of it. Uh, we had a complete recording studio set up down in the basement of this place, and yeah. all the, the piping was going down there. Right. Live in a bar in Kansas City in 1993. Yeah. This is the old uh, spontaneous combustion uh, doing a grassroots song called Midnight Confession. The sound of your foot. 
confession When I tell all the world that I love you In my midnight confession When I say all the things that I want to I love you But a little gold ring you wear in your hand Makes me understand There's another before me Uh, that was almost exactly 30 years ago. Wow. This month, yeah. Yeah. Flying Ties. I don't think I could sing it in that key anymore. But... <laughs> I don't think you could either. Boy, yeah. that was a blast. And man. it was fast. <clears throat> I mean, oh, that, yeah. We played that thing really fast. Yeah, we so. played a lot of stuff fast. Yeah, we did. All right, Raj, back to you. Okay, well, um, you know, I ran across another song when I was researching for this gig with our pal Betsy <clears throat> that we've done for some time, and uh, just tell friend, it's Avalon. Oh, yeah, okay. I love that song. It's a great tune. As a matter of fact, we have featured this tune before by um, Rory Hoffman. Oh, that's right. But I'm going right. back to uh, 1937, Mu- uh, Milton Brown and his musical Brownies. You love those, I love those guys. Man. So, you know, uh, it, it's an interesting story. And I don't, uh, we have, we've danced around this a lot. We've told some of the story, but I, I think it, some of it bears repeating. Uh, now, he was born in 1903. 
And um, you know, he he wanted to be an entertainer, and he he worked at a sale as a salesman at the Low Cigar Company, right? Okay. He didn't play an instrument, but he hoped for the chance to work with a band as a vocalist. And uh, he ended up in a band with Bob Wells. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, the two, bre- him and his brothers, brother played guitar, and uh, they formed the Wills Fiddle Band, and they started playing dances. Well, they were sponsored by the Aladdin Lamp Company, and they uh, added another player, and they became the Aladdin Laddies. Oh, So remember this, all, all yeah. this stuff. Okay, well, then they went on, and they were uh, W. Lee O'Daniel noticed them and we've have featured him mm-hmm. on this show before and uh he worked with the burris mill and elevator company and he oh, worked, that's right and they sponsored a bunch of that and stuff. they became the like crust flower dough boys that's right right yeah okay so that whole process so uh you know they they ended up uh uh it was probably uh, the stuff that uh brown did was the uh, the first uh, uh, Western swing music. Okay. Okay. I sure. mean, uh, everybody pretty much agrees with that. So they both, uh, each of them, uh, Bob Wills and uh, uh, Milton, had uh, differences of opinion with O'Daniel, and they left and pursued their own careers. Of course, we know Bob Wills. And, and of course, uh, uh, Milton Browns, you know, they, they did great, too. Yep. His career was brief. He played no instrument. And although a great vocalist, he never had a hit record. Though persevering in his aim to create a genre of music, he has become accepted as the founder hmm. of Western music, swing music. Hmm. Now, Bob Wills might, uh, might contend with that. But he's dead. <laughs> well, they both are. Okay, they are. So we're going to listen to this. Uh, Milton Brown and his musical Brownies from 1937, Avalon. <laughs> the bay I left my love in Avalon and sailed away I dream of her and Avalon from dusk till dawn and so I think I'll travel on to Avalon My love in Avalon, 
sides of a I left my love in Avalon and sailed away. I dream of her and Avalon from dusk till dawn. And so I think I'll travel on to Avalon. That's a great song. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a think, lot of great renditions. A lot it. of great. I think we do a pretty good rendition. I, I, think, do, I do too. I like I it. I enjoy playing it. It's a good song. Well, you know what? What? Uh, we are out of time. Oh, we most certainly yeah, are out we of are. time. Yeah. So, uh, I, and, and that cat is, is I think it's hungry. You know, he's out. I mean, he's. I know. we got to call him in. Yeah. He's probably got to feed him. Hey, we got to round him up because we're leaving tomorrow. That's right. He made it all the way from Ardmore. He found his way in. He did. Uh, last trip. So, so we got, we're kind of stuck with him now. So if you put food out again, you could put some of that aftershave, that starkest aftershave on again. <laughs> oh, yeah. He loved that. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> So, all right. Well, oh, hey, we got to figure out where oh, we're yeah, going. That's right, right. We're going here. Let's uh, see. Whose turn is it? Uh, uh, let's see. It, it, it's uh, it's your turn to throw the dart. I'll get the map. You get the map. Okay, it's, it's back here. In yeah. the regular place. Uh, yeah, yeah, underneath the cat box. <laughs> <laughs> we're finding a different place. Yeah, okay, fine. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, uh, it's there. Okay, good. Okay, uh, you go get the dart. Oh, spoon drawer. Spoon drawer two. Found it? I got it. Okay, get in the circle. All right, I'm in. Okay, ready? Yep. One, two. two. Watch out for the cat. Okay. Three. Throw the dart, throw the dart. Whoa. Wow. Uh, That's, what is it? Way up kind of northeast there? Yeah, it's Denver. Denver. Oh, we're going to Colorado? No, Denver, Pennsylvania. No. I didn't know there was one. I didn't either. Well, I guess we'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, to pack up. Interesting show, Leo. Yeah, it's kind of a different one again. (laughs) Again. All right. Well, we'll do this all again next week. Uh, This has been the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. USA. And remember to look out behind you. It's the Terriers. Terriers.